focusing on an emerging generation of kings. We're thankful for the testimonies. More to come, more to come, more to come. The consciousness you have shapes the experiences you have. The consciousness you have, it shapes the experiences you have. That's why the first thing God does, he gives you his own faith so that you can begin to operate and think and process like him. So for example, check out this testimony. You can't afford to calibrate how well you think you are doing based on the instant results you get or don't get. You can't just look at that and conclude that, oh, I'm not doing well just because, in quotes, the numbers are not adding up now. It's like somebody who has sown the seed into the belly of his wife and because the person cannot see a baby bump does not mean... You understand? Look at anybody say something is up. Yeah? So, if it's... People are catching their own revelation. <laughs> so, so some, when God sows his seed, when God gives you his word, he's already operating. He's already working. Who's ready for prophecies to manifest in their lives? Who's tired of being a prophecy collector? You want to be a testifier. You don't just want to be collecting prophecies up and down, up and down, up and down. You want to leave out the prophecies. That is going to be your story. For that is your story. I'm going to be showing you what stops prophecy. Are we online on the mainland? Are we connected? Mainland, can you shout hallelujah? Island is not your shouts, but can you shout hallelujah everywhere? The first thing we want to deal with, please be seated, is what stops prophecy from manifesting or what delays prophecy? Let's start with Joshua chapter 21, 43 to 45. Joshua 21, 43 to 45. I like us to read it together. Joshua 21, 43 to 45. This is about three chapters before the end of the book of Joshua. And it says, let's read together. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn. Okay, okay, we're going to start again. Princess divine, your mouth is closed, Tammy. Your mouth is closed, Mo. John, I couldn't hear your voice. Let's celebrate John. He had an interesting, amazing week put in for a contest. Celebrate him. And, and I believe that what happened to districts will happen for you. You know, sometimes the win is hidden. You know, I was on a Red TV show 2009. And everybody says I won because, you know, the, the judges were analyzing or assessing until the final stage in the final stage now allowed now say okay no people were voting actually the public was voting then the final stage now said the judges to choose so officially i was second runner up 
Right. I was no, I was first runner up, so that's second. Oh. Right. And at the time, it looks like a loss. Like ah, this is like daylight robbery. Let people vote now. Even now, just handpicked. But I look back now, and I'm grateful because I don't wish my journey is any other person's journey. And God brought so many things out of that. I still meet people today. I go minister in places. I go speak in places. People go like, I watch you on television. 2000 the next week. It still happened. Uh, what event was that? Some couple of weeks ago. Right. So whenever you use your gifts and you put out yourself, you never lose. You may not win what you were expecting. But you will get what God was inspecting. There's a reward for putting yourself out. You have a gift, you're sharing those sweets, the nice designs. You may not be getting the money now, but your products are ambassadors for your destiny. They are. If you look at nature, a tree has fruits. Sometimes a wind comes, blows horridly through the fruits, and it looks like the tree is losing fruits. The tree is not losing fruits, the tree is sowing seeds. Nobody pays the tree for the fruits that the winds took. Hafiz, do you know I prayed for you last night? My spirit picked you out around one, this morning actually, like 1.30 a.m. I'm like, where is this young man? Please come and give me a hug. Right. Is the beard for me? Right? So nobody comes and says, hey, thank you, fruit. Thank you, fruit. But you know what happens? That seed or the seeds in that fruit are transported elsewhere and it begins to grow. So it's not a loss. It's a layup for the dung. Somebody will see your work, see your images, hear your sound. In fact, a connection will even come through the judges. They'll be like, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, I need him on this project. And it will happen, we shall celebrate in the name of Jesus. All right, let's go. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers. And they took possession of of it and dwelt in it. Verse 44, together louder. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers and not a man of their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Verse 45, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass that's how you respond to prophecy that's how you respond that's how that's how you respond now wherever you see israel you put your name your full name damn me lord all what you put your full name i want to promise you something on god's behalf there is not one word that god will give you that will fail some may be delayed. In fact, I sense that for some of you, many have been delayed. And that's why I'm teaching this today. But they will not return to God for it. 
you will handle it with your hands. You will carry it, not only in your heart, but in your life. So wherever you find Israel, or the house of Israel, put your name. Let's go to verse 43, media help us. So the Lord gave to all the land of which he had sworn to give to his fathers. And he took possession of it and dwelt in it. Verse 44. The Lord gave rest all around according to all that he had sworn to his fathers and not a man of all his enemies stood against him the Lord delivered all his enemies into his hand verse 45 not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken all came it's coming to pass it's coming to pass concerning your health it's coming to pass concerning your finances dammy praise is coming to pass concerning your marriage lois and tammy mo and ife it's coming to pass concerning joint ventures international collaborations this thing's if it's coming to pass concerning the exportation of your gifts mayor oh defier get ready it is coming to pass it's coming to pass princess he said after all the red seas after all the amorites the hittites and after all the things that were tight the giants couldn't stop god's word from coming to pass the walls were thick they were high and they are mighty but they collapsed for the promise to come to pass the red sea had been there for hundreds of years but it parted thousands of years for the word of god to come to pass god will pull down walls for his word to come to pass concerning your life he will part red seas he will relocate husbands people that will become husbands he will change mds for his word to come to pass he will bring in new systems of operation he will install new softwares and organizations god says i will go to great lengths for my word concerning you to come to pass can you slap yourself a palm burning blister inducing high five and shout damn lola don't worry it is coming to pass it's coming to pass it is coming to pass it is coming to pass concerning kings all the land that god has sworn to us we will possess it from gap tv studios we are moving into another place we're moving onto the lucky stretch the lord has given us territory has given us land has given us places has given us people has given us human resources human capital is bringing funds is bringing grants is bringing supplies is bringing prophets offerings is bringing ministry partnerships is bringing donations is bringing souls is bringing children is bringing parents the lord is bringing his word to pass concerning us the days will come where ministries will send us their leaders for training they'll say this discipleship thing when you start that we don't really understand what was going on but we see how you've raised 10,000 strong vibrant people who are deploying their spiritual gifts their natural gifts can you teach us how to do it it will come to pass 
the pastors in the house who are currently acting like people who are stabbing master life classes they are rising into a new level of stability it will come to pass the people should be writing and changing the world with their gifts and their abilities let me be looking at you the people that should be deploying their intelligence and creativity on a bigger scale it is happening you are rising it is coming to pass please help me prophesy to seven people tell them it's coming to pass and once you've done that can you raise your hands and pray in the spirit for just a minute agree with God Agree with God. Beletevus the nigabalia. Reketento zinagabila tovriatama. Ratataka patakatabatai. Rasketovila tabiletikai. O zuzekeleti nakabatu abiranti akaba. All you are saying is, God, I agree with you. If you want to speak in English, just say, I agree with you, God. Yes, God. I receive it, God. I am aligned, God. I am in tune, God. I am in sync, God. With the prophetic calendar, the prophetic timing, I allow align myself with what you have ordained from eternity's past in the name of Jesus there will be no delay on my part the blockage of unbelief is taken out of the way every kind of stumbling block that I permitted and allowed is being taken out of the way yes Lord as your word comes today it comes with power it comes with light it comes with instruction and definition I rebuke every spirit of falsehood every form of unbelief and uncertainty release the spirit of faith to believe the word and to obey the word until we see it done in our lives in Jesus name we've prayed hallelujah please be seated it is coming to pass this text is replete with a lot of hope and encouragement because for us in Nigeria today we may not know what it really means experientially but I'll try my best to paint a compelling picture to them in the days of Joshua it was a huge deal why because God had been making promises to them since the days of Abraham hundreds of years he said to abraham i'm going to bring you to a land flavor milk and honey i'm going to give you a descendant of lands they're going to be slaves for 400 years you know now 400 years is still a long time right like many of you are not even 40 yet so think about 10 times my lifetime that's quite a long time well it may not seem so long because my life is part of different activities and stuff right so you can live 400 years with me and not be bored amen, amen. That guy said, you, I'll curse you for 600 years. That was, <laughs> when are supposed to bless people? Right. But, but the point is, it, it, it's a lot of time. Now, they had no GSM, no social media. They had no distractions. You know, these days, if you're sort of like bored, you're waiting for somebody at the airport, waiting to pick them up, the flight has not landed. You can play your uh, Candy Crush. Or you can play Angry Birds. Or you can play, hopefully not Grand theft auto or grand auto theft whatever or ludo whatever it is you play but you have all those tools that you can use to sort of distract yourself or eat into time they were slaves now labor alone makes time look long right you wanted to wash your clothes washing clothes with your hand it looks long right 
if you're watching 40 minutes of Netflix, it looks short. If it's a good show, if you're washing clothes for 40 minutes, it looks like you've been suffering for four years. It looks long. So they were under forced labor. This was not their choice. It was not a chore. It was captivity. So the time looks long. Now in the middle of that, God is promising them, I'm taking you to a land. I'm taking you to a land. Now imagine you walking on a land that is not yours because you didn't even belong to yourself. Slaves didn't own themselves. So they didn't own themselves. They didn't own the land. But God is saying, I'm taking you to a place that will not own you, but you will own it. I want to see what the odds were. The odds were stacked against them. And it's okay, well, manageable if you were a first generation slave. But if you were a 10th generation slave, which they were, 10 generations of slavery, you get used to it. You assume this is my lot in life. This is my place in the destiny of humans. Like some of us, you know, I was speaking to my wife in the course of the week. So one of the lessons I've learned in the past couple of years is that I can decide at what level of the human experience I want to play at. Many of us don't know that. That you can decide to choose that I'm not just going to be at the bottom of the food chain. Now as I'm saying that, I can see I'm already hitting resistance because some people are like, ah, oh, really I can't? Yes! The person who's about to become your president in Nigeria has been accused of different things. But he chose that Emilokon. He's a human being. He made a decision. Are you getting that? That I may not be the purest. I may not be the smartest. I may not be the richest. I may not even be, as some, some people claim, a real Lagosian. But now we go run things. Please don't decide based on your experience. Decide based on your prophecy. Yes, sir. If men can decide based on their ambitions, decide based on God's ambition for you. Yes, By ambition, I mean God's intention. God's prophetic picture of you is what should drive your decisions. So those people, if you were to look at them and say, what do you want to become when you grow up? If you were to ask the average Hebrew who was a 10 generation slave in Walara, what do you want to become in the future? Ah, for me to be a house slave instead of a field slave. Are you seeing how situations can compress our expectations? For some of you, if you were to ask, how much do you want to earn by this time next year? You will say 500K. Meanwhile, the 500 angels sent to you, 1K. That our might is not 500K, is to create 500 jobs through you. For some people. But if you were to live based on human ambition, you will receive instruction from your experience. But if you leave based on God's intention, you receive definition from your prophecy. It looks impossible. So the reason this is significant is that everything God said to Abraham, everything God said to Moses, everything God said to all the tribal leaders, all the priests, all the prophets he raised, he says every word came to pass. I came to encourage some, in fact all, and to announce to others, every word will come to pass. 
It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Say, I'm the Lord, I change not. In Jeremiah 1 verse 12, he spoke to Jeremiah. He said, I will hasten my word to perform it. Jeremiah 1 verse 12, I watch over my word to perform it. In Isaiah 46 verse 10, he said, God, he declares the end from the beginning. And the things that have not happened as though they were. So when it comes to prophecy, God is not just trying to make it happen. He's revealing to you what he has settled in heaven and then you begin to settle it on earth somebody say it is settled Psalm 119, 8-9-1, media run with us. Psalm 119, 8-9-1. He said, forever, O Lord, what happens? Your word is settled. Where? Shout it, where? Read the next line. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all are your all right it's okay sir when i get excited and preach you can help me well see this look at what's in verse eight to nine forever oh god your word is settled where where is the word settled the next verse what does it tell us about the earth your faithfulness endures through all generations what did you do to the earth establish the earth and what happens where is the word settled? Heaven. What abides? Heaven. That means the word is settled in heaven, but not yet on earth. Aha. <laughs> Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Once God releases the word from heaven, it is done. The only will that is allowed in heaven is the will of the king. If anybody tries to interrupt the will of the king, he's kicked out of heaven. However, the will of the king of heaven is not automatically done on earth. The earth is a colony. It's an extension for the will of the king to be done in his colony or on earth. And the earth is the colony of heaven. A colonial government must be effectively in operation. So, for example, Nigeria was a colony of what? Britain. How many of you know that not too far from where we are, there's a place called the House of the Governor General? Oh, yeah. In the colonial days, the queen was in England. The queen, now is the king, coronated yesterday. The queen was in England. How did her will get fulfilled on earth? How did we learn to speak English language? I hope you know that English is from England. We did not go to England, but did England come to us? Now, when England came to us, was it a rebellious English person that brought it to uh, to Nigeria, or was he a compliant person? Was he a loyal person? Was it somebody who knew enough about England to be able to interpret and translate it to Nigeria? That is exactly what the believer does. When the word is settled in heaven, for that word to be settled in your life, you must become a colonial government of your life. This is the reason why you were raised with Christ. The Bible says that you are seated in Christ where? In heavenly places where the word is settled. That's why when you are in the gathering of believers, is it not true that you feel the prophecy is as real as it gets? 
Where do you have unsettlement when you're operating in the systems of men? The word is settled in heaven, but for there to be settlement on earth, there are activities involved. Have you ever paid for something with your MasterCard or Visa card or Verve card? You paid for it, but they had not done the settlement. It took how many days later? A couple of days later. But you had already done the transaction. Are you getting it? So the fact that the settlement happens some days later does not mean your transaction has not gone through. Come on, come on, come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So five days later, you now get notification of alerts, settlement, blah, blah. but it was already done. They already gave you the products. They already gave you what you paid for. Are you hearing that? The word is, they said, how forever. When God speaks that word, he does not take it back. Somebody say forever, oh God. Your word is settled where? Settled where? In heaven. How do we settle it on earth? <laughs> That's where the assignment is. It's settled. If God give you a word and you can see it agrees with scripture, it is. Let's practice that. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Think about it. It is. It is your marriage, your business, your good health, your ministry, your love life, plenty babies. Settled in heaven. Now, where do we settle it on earth? Go to Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9, where Jesus begins to teach them how to pray. He said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. I believe it's verse 9. Find it. Our Father who art in heaven. Are you seeing that? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, because that name, you know the lie, you know the lie, you know the lie, you know the lie. I think it's verse 9. It was just find it, like, right? Matthew 6, verse 9. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, this is the manna. What does manna mean? It doesn't mean repeat these words. You know, most people just, just repeat the words. When it's saying manna, it's saying this, a, a template or an order, right? It's not saying repeat the words. You can say it and not mean it. The saying in settling matters on earth, acknowledge the king. Now, our father in heaven, hallow what? Hallowed be your name. This thing, stay awake. Say, hallowed be your name. Stand up and say, settled in my life. I hope, I hope you know that sometimes sleep can be a spiritual attack. I hope you're aware. Sometimes you're just tired, but you know one of those in which you know. During prayer meeting, you are sleeping. But when it's time to watch Netflix, you are wide awake. And it was a three-hour movie. In fact, you had a series, 12 parts. You finished watching it one day. You were alone. All right. He said, in this matter, therefore pray. Our Father, where? 
So where's our father? He's not on earth. So the settlement responsibilities on heaven, God covers that. The settlement responsibilities on, on earth, who covers that? Is the MD of your bank in every branch? Who does he have there? The man ages. Are you getting that? The man who determined the age of that bank. Individuals who are schooled enough in the expectations of the headquarters. The headquarters is where the head is. The quarters where the head is. That's heavenly places. Who's your head? Christ. Christ is in the quarters, headquarters. He is seated in heavenly places. He said the heaven is your throne. What's your footstool? Earth is the footstool. The footstool carries the foot. Where is the foot? The foot is the part of the body. The foot is not connected to the head. So what determines the will of God in heaven is God's headship. What determines the will of God on earth is the body of Christ. Are you getting this? What determines how much of God's will comes to pass in your life is how well you engage in alignment with the head. So he said, when you pray, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for this, but go back to Matthew 6. He said, hallowed be your name. What's the root word of hallowed? Hallow. Halo. Hello. Hallow means to dignify, consecrate, specialize. When you have the halo on somebody's head, you're saying they're not from here. Yeah. So when you pray, the first thing is to realize the person you are praying from is not from here. He's not limited by the constraints of here. Hallowed be your name. There's traffic in Nigeria, but not in the courts of heaven. Sakba may be in Nigeria, but God has never sakba more from anybody. Hallowed be your, are you getting this? My limitations are not your constraints. So that's the matter. But then it says, hallowed be your name. Now the next verse says immediately, verse 10. What's the next thing you should do? Your, because your king don't come. Your, your kingdom come and the sign that you are reigning is this your what you have written as a will a will a document of inheritance lawyers let it be executed now this is Jesus teaching us to pray that means if the will of God was going to be automatically done on earth the way it's automatically done in heaven there will be no need to pray so prayer is a facilitator of the will of God and the fulfillment of prophecy it's almost impossible for there to be fulfillment of prophecy without prayer now somebody says oh but I got a lot of things without praying for it most of the time when you didn't pray for it somebody else did <laughs> God woke Jaddy up at 3 a.m. and said, pray for Dami praise. Like, ah, uh, until for me, jollof rice. Why should I pray for him? In other words, someone that didn't even give me jollof rice. Talk less of joy and love rice. Why should I pray? But God prevails on her and she prays. And the 15 minutes of prayers 
warranted by what she doesn't understand goes far in pushing him in destiny because prayer is a key a facilitator of prophecy are we here now what are some of the things that get in the way of even prayer what are the things that get in the way of our our prophecies coming to pass the very first thing ingratitude and wrong attitudes it is difficult for me to pray effectively to a God I don't refer. So when Jesus said pray, he said have the right attitude. Don't talk like you're talking to your paddy paddy, your friend, somebody who's just limited by the circumstances you're in. He says don't allow that. Don't allow familiarity. Look at Deuteronomy 1 verse 27. If you can give it to us first. Deuteronomy 1 verse 27. Help us, help us. Turn. Deuteronomy 1, is that Deuteronomy 1 27? Yes, verse 27. 2 7. Deuteronomy 1 27. Uh, okay, it's hanging. Okay, I, I think they haven't software lag. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us. <laughs> he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Imagine the God who promised them a land flow of milk and honey and said, God, you hate us. God, now what for you? You were whining me from whining me now. You are pinning me. You are turning me. Now, some of you, you've not really said God hates me. But you've said, why is my life like this? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? Now, where did they complain? Where did they complain? In their tents. So some people, you complain in your intent. In your content. Oh, come on now. In your tentativeness. Oh, can we talk now? With your tentacles. You complain in the inner world. So you're, you're, you're dancing, you're jumping on your... But inside you're... Sunday again. Sunday God, you hate me. Just say the truth now. You hate me. How come all the men I like, they're all married? God, you hate me. How come everybody I like, they don't like me back? God, you hate me. If you didn't hate me, why did you allow us to have a nice conversation over coffee? And his name happened to be Kofi. Anan. Now he's anonymous. Bless you, sir. Are you saying what I'm saying? But we have these conversations with God. And we murmur and complain. We don't know that murmuring blinds us to God's faithfulness. And if I don't recognize the faithfulness of God, even in my seeming delays, I will not recognize faith for fullness in the seemingly pending promises of the promise I'm waiting for. Look at what it says in Joshua chapter 9. Another one says they murmured here. Ah, oh, the name was no mama. Mama, 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 when they are not mama. Okay. You wrote it down? You wrote it down? The name of the Jota you're on. 
Their name was not Momo, but one more, more, Momo. And they are not Momo. Look at Joshua chapter 9, verse 18. And the children of Israel smote them not, because the priest of the congregation had sworn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and all the congregation murmured against the princes. Psalm 106, verse 25. But they murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. You see now, why is God saying they murmured in their tents? Because what determines the extent of God's manifestation is actually more of what you do in your tent after you have heard the congregational content. Let me say that again. What determines the manifestation of God's promises, the pace and the scale, scale the scope, is actually, the extent of that is actually the intent in your tent beyond the congregational content. What it means is, if I give a prophecy here and people hear it, everybody's excited. After that public prophecy, what are you saying in your tent? Because when we're all here, everybody wants to just, you know, engage a corporate anointing the congregational fire but the real test is what are the inner conversations of your heart so here is the trick or here is the tip whenever you are tempted to murmur turn it into a testimony I think I've shared I don't know if I've shared the kings but I shared a couple of people some of you know a Billy the servant she does very good powerful Christian content encouraging and instructive and all of that so I, there's a post I did, I think guess one of my white people posted something quite humorous and witty. And she, she left a comment and said, oh my goodness, I'm dead to self. <laughs> did you get the point? The point is people just say, I'm dead. But the speed was, I'm dead to self. So that's what you do when you feel like saying, God hates, before you say me, hates wickedness. God loves me. This is the practical thing because some of us don't know how to turn murmuring into gratitude. You are a human being. You will be tempted to murmur. But that attitude is so important. The posture of your heart will determine the substance of your faith. If the posture is wrong, your faith may not be right. Because faith starts with a heart posture and then becomes a heart response and then becomes a response that you act out, that you leave out. So the first thing that stops us is murmuring or ingratitude and the wrong attitudes. If there are prophecies that are delayed in your life, maybe you didn't celebrate the testimonies well enough. Maybe you didn't celebrate them to the point where they became landmarks not the event center even that's great in your heart and in your spirit you must understand the place of establishing memorials with God build big deals around the goodness of God make it a big deal one of the things my dad would always do my dad would celebrate everything be like oh Lois oh my god see Lois Alice band he's so green like that is just Alice but wow God is so faithful see the intricate design uh-uh, along my life, that's God is very powerful see see the, but that appreciation is like you know little children they want to tell you everything yeah. coming around now there's daddy see what I can do flipping I know you can flip but I won't say that I'm like oh wow that's so cool that's amazing you can flip look at you like daddy could you do that when I was a kid me no how could I? 
<laughs> I mean, I can do some things that I couldn't do when I was a kid. But this is what I'm saying. What does the Bible say? The Bible says the kingdom belongs to those who are like children. Children will celebrate something their parents do for them and they will tell every guest. My daddy bought this for me. My mom, when was the last time you looked at the old pair of shoes? It's three years old, but like, God, these shoes are still so cool. Build a memorial around the faithfulness of God. Don't build murmuring around what you perceive is unfaithfulness or slowness. Number two, that stops us on belief. Unbelief will cause delay in your life. Delay to the promises of God. And this one is a huge deal. Huge deal. Right? Now, when we think about unbelief, you are not responding based on what God has said. You are responding based on your perception, based on your preference, based on your timing, based on your postulation, based on your theory. That's what you're doing. And when we see Jesus in Matthew 13, 53 to 58, Matthew 13, 53 to 58, see what the word says. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there when he had come to where? His own country. What did he do? He taught them. Keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. He taught them in their synagogue. So he was using communication techniques and tools. He used parables, he used stories, he used allegories, he used direct words. He taught them where? In the synagogue. So he was in the temple. So, so that they were astonished. They were even astonished. Watch this. They're like, wow, great message, powerful, awesome. Hey, Jesus, they preach. Say what else? I'm the word. Right? They were astonished. They were stunned. They said, where did this man get his electric brain from? <laughs> I, heard, I heard a story that Bishop Enikpo said. The son said to him, Brother David, Brother David, where did you get this electric brain from? <laughs> right? right. Said, he told them in the synagogue, so they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom? One and... He had just spoken. They discerned a dimension of him correctly. They knew from history that wisdom usually has a twin called mighty works. So the wisdom God has given your pastor and your leaders in this house is not to document, it's for dominion. Wisdom is not for documentation, it's for dominion. The Bible says I am wisdom by me, kings reign, kings rule. That's one of the major things you will see, a dimension, administration of wisdom in the house, in my life, in my wife, in the leaders. There is an uncommon dimension of wisdom. Why? Our mandate is rulership and dominion. And the Bible says it's by wisdom that kings do what? Reign. High five somebody say you are too wise not to work mighty works. Oh, some of your energy level seems to be dropping and dwindling. Look at someone say, you're too wise. Not to do mighty works. So, so when, now he hadn't worked at a miracle, he just thought. But they thought to themselves, if the energy level is this high in terms of revelation knowledge, he's doing mighty works. They were wondering at that. Now look at the next verse. Follow this. Is this not... 
Uh-huh. This is where unbelief now starts coming. Is this not, I'll come to that. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is his mother, is not his mother called Moriamo? That one that went to get married, that carpenter boy. Hmm. And his brothers, in other words, in Yoruba, one more daily, they know him to the house. In other words, they know him in total. <laughs> his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Now, many of you know the, brother, the names of Jesus' brothers now. If somebody had asked you, what are the names of Jesus' brothers? I said, I don't know. Now you know. You see, everybody, the, the father, go to verse, where is it? Verse 55. The dad was trying to rhyme. Jesus, James, Joseph, Judas. That's Simon. Find a J name. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Sam J. <laughs> Simon Joseph. Are you seeing? But see, they know all of this. Now look at verse 56. 56. And his sisters. Are they not all with us? Where did this man get all these things? Verse 57. So they were offended. Like some of your friends that see you doing well and testify and they are wondering, is it not Rosemond? This Rosemond, I used to know. This princess. This princess called Queenie. Amen. They were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. Verse 58. This already has one of the points. Now he did not do many mighty works. Why? They testified that he was wise. They testified he had mighty works. Yet the manifestations were not many. Why? Because of what? Write this down. Unbelief is an enemy. The number three reasons prophecies are delayed is also in this text, familiarity. You can be familiar with your pastor, your pastors, your leaders. You can be familiar with the body of Christ, with the man of God, online, offline, that you discard and discountenance what you're saying. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest people to be familiar with, that you, you will naturally feel the most tempted to be familiar with, is your pastor. You know why? Because you see him every Sunday. Some of you twice uh, a week, or maybe three or four times a week, depending on level of proximity and responsibility. Right? So there's a tendency to just say, ah, it's Pidam's, oh, Pidam's just the wordsmith, fantastic rhyme star, ah, my boy only lyrics and rhymes. <laughs> Rhymists. <laughs> There's one rapper in Nigeria, Rhymestar A. <laughs> Rhymestar A. A, A, A. <laughs> right? And guess what? That's what you get. You get the wordplay. You get because it's what you focus on and place value on that will increase in your life. So familiarity, because see what they were saying, ah, is it not Joseph? Is it not Joseph? Is it not Judas? Is it not Simon? We know, see all the sisters. We know all the sisters. One came to borrow palm oil from me the other day. Matches, Iru for Elasipo, Jerusalem edition. My sword that they took, they have not returned it. You see, because sometimes rich people get familiar with you, it's not you, but those who are around you. Say never get familiar with the word. Another reason is impatience. 
prophecy can be delayed based on impatience. There are certain things that are set in certain times. And your anxiety, your panicking, your extreme, energetic assault of heavens with caterpillar prayers will not bring them nearer. The reason that is the case is that there are other things connected to it other than your own preference or desires. So, John the Baptist had to be born in the same generation as Jesus. There is nothing that is going to cause John the Baptist to be born years before Jesus. He needed to be around him close enough to be a witness born in the same dispensation for him to be able to point out his assignment was to be the forerunner of Jesus. Are we getting there now? He can run a forehand so fast that he cannot point. People cannot see the person he's pointing to. So no matter what Zechariah and Elizabeth do in terms of having a child, it's not going to come until Jesus is ready to come. And by the way, Jesus cannot just come at any time. He has to come 42 generations from Abraham. Oh, come on now. Because from Abraham to David, 14 generations. David to the captivity in Babylon, 14 generations. But captivity of Babylon to Jesus, 14 generations. 42 generations. Why? Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of perfection. Seven times six, there's going to be the perfection of fallen man. For the perfect man to come and redeem man from his perfect fall. So God has a calculation in his head that may be different from yours. <laughs> so before you say I'm behind schedule, ask who's schedule? This is very important. <laughs> this is very important. Import elephant. Import whatever you want to import. It's important. You see that now. So, impatience. What does the Bible say? Hebrews 10, 35 to 38. Therefore, do not... Oh, we need to read that one together. Hebrews 10, 35 to 38. See what it says? Let's read it together. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Now, look at the next line. For you have need of Look at your neighbor say endurance may not be what you want but it's something you need Staying power the ability to keep holding on when it looks like it's not working Staying there, dwelling there, insisting on the word. He says that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while. And he who will come. Oh, only one person took that one. He that will come will come. Oh my God, nobody's receiving that one. Our ultimate he is Jesus the Christ. He's going to return. People say, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. You see, you know, when is it coming? When is it coming? He that will come will come. Yeah. And as tokens of his faithfulness, he will send other he's into your life. Yeah. 
for Saul or David that he was Samuel. Come on now. <laughs> for Ruth, there was a Boaz that came. Oh my gosh. For some women here, he that wanted to go has gone. But he that will come. Who am I speaking to? He will come. Somebody say he will come. Say he will not tarry. He will come. Somebody shout, Jesus is coming for me. Please help me go to three people and jerk them, slap them on the mainland, slap them a high five and say, He that will come will come. He that will come will come. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For Habakkuk 2 verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Habakkuk 2 verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will. Listen there's a dimension where God speaks. There's a dimension where you speak. There's a dimension where your vision begins to speak. But listen, don't expect your vision to speak if you are not speaking what God has spoken. You have to agree with God for your prophecy to agree with you. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Now, you remember your first visa interview to the UK or to the uh, American embassy? Right? Remember your first interview? What time did you didn't even sleep at all? What time did you wake up? You possibly didn't wake up because you didn't sleep. You were awake, butterflies in your stomach, you're still nervous. Oh my gosh, fresh passport, perhaps. Your passport is as empty as many Nigerian bank accounts. <laughs> no travel record. Ah, suspects. High risk traveler. Single as a Pringle, ready to mingle abroad. No ties, no land papers, no nothing locally that ties you to any kind of assets worth protecting. Renegade applicants. <laughs> Receive favor. Receive multiple entry visas. Receive corporately sponsored visas. Receive visas that you're not even sure for interview. And if you have to show up, favor is given to you. Much favor. From the person that I interviewed to the person that my last US visa interview in Lagos, not abroad, Lagos, there was a man in front of me. I just knew that this guy has entered. It's only God's mercy. They asked him, what does he do? Said, uh, said, where has it traveled? Said, has it traveled before? He said, no, yes. Where has it traveled? Been a republic. So, okay, the Lord will help you today. What do you do? Vet doctor. My dad is a vet or was a vet. I said, okay, you're a vet doctor. I love dogs. So, yes. So, how do you administer CPR to dogs? Even me, that I saw my father revive almost dead dogs, I could not even remember. I said, they've asked this person a question to, <laughs> to deny him visa. <laughs> surely they did not give him the visa they will not deny you visa. they will not ask you 
questions. Like, what's the name of Tinubu's first girlfriend? They will not ask you. How many seeds of Agbado are on a corn cob? <laughs> Some say, I have favor. I have favor. I have favor. Now, when God is involved in that, you have that prophecy. Let's go to the embassy. Let's go and collect our visas and all whatnot. You didn't sleep or maybe you slept. When you woke up or when you got to the visa interview, the venue, you know most times for your first visa or your first couple of visas, for some people every visa, you try to get there hours before or two hours. Some of you have no experience. I'm giving you experience now. You go there very, very early and be nice to everybody. There's one man that was rude to me. I'm like, oh, it's not you I came for. Let me know. I know why I came. Your insults does not add or remove anything. And you are not even a determinant in the process. We're just one random human soul. I was looking for its body for safe coordination. Now, you get there very early. Now, let's say your recent interview was maybe 8.30 a.m. If you got to that place by 6.30 and nothing was happening, maybe just saw security people and a couple of people like you came in early, can you go back and say the British embassy, they are so unfaithful. They are not professional. They don't even know what they are doing. How come I got there 6.30 and the visa was not there? You now get angry. You now go back home. Just the play. But ladies and gentlemen, that's what many believers do. The Bible says the vision is what for? An appointed time. So the visa interview is age 15. The fact that you got there by 6.30 does not mean you will get the visa. When you run ahead of God, you still have to wait for God to show. Oh my God. Did you hear what I said on the mainland? I said when you run ahead of God, after the bus bows of life, the heartbreak and disappointment, you will still have to wait for God to show up. Get into the visa to the embassy by 6 a.m. for your 9 a.m. appointment. Does not force the commissioner, the British High Commissioner, to say, oh, he came in, let's give him visa. No. All the days of my appointed time, I will wait until my change comes. That's what Job said. If you're expecting a baby, God has a timeline for that baby. If you're expecting a marriage, God has a timeline for that marriage because he has a purpose for that marriage. Men marry for pleasure, but God created marriage for purpose. So before I get the marriage, can I find pleasure in God's purpose that I've already seen? Before I get a partner for a corporate purpose. That's why Paul says that people who are single focus on the work of the Lord. Said, but married. Oh, you still sharing today? Spirit of prophecies in the house. Omo Baba. Right. Okay, this guy has respect to it. He didn't want to flick my top, my. (laughs) 
It doesn't mean if you do that, I feel you're rude. No, it doesn't mean. I just noticed that I didn't complete it. So, so it's fine. Somebody says an appointed time is an appointed time is an appointed time. Say it's an appointed time. Say you are on a Holy Ghost timer. You're on a Holy Ghost appointment. Listen, you will still travel to the point of almost being tired of traveling. And at the highest level of dominion, it won't just be you traveling. People will be traveling to look for you, to seek you out. Listen, there's going to come a day you will enter aircraft as often as you currently enter Uber. Are you here? So that's that's another reason our impatience, our native flip to the things you need to do. We're talking about familiarity, right? Let me give you a few more. Disobedience. There are two major things you can be disobedient to. Number one are general principles. Number two are personal instructions. Now, let me tell you what. Every human being will disobey God, even after salvation. The only person who never did that was Jesus Christ. Why do we disobey God? Different things. Selfishness, self-centeredness, the overwhelmingness of the pressure of the flesh, um, insensitive to the spirit of God, ignorance, uncertainty, peer pressure, trying to look better than we actually are, not relying on the strength of the Holy Spirit. There'll be different, different reasons. But the Lord doesn't want to have a culture of disobedience. He wants to have a culture of obedience. Now, the root word is culture. And to culture, like agriculture, it means you have to train your soul in responding to God's instructions. Now, how do you do that? Many of us don't even get to hear God's instructions as often as we ought. This is the reason because we despise the general instructions. So sometimes for your finances, the Lord might say, oh, go and sow the seed into the life of your pastor or your leader or somebody. That's a specific instruction. It's not inside the Bible to carry 100,000 and go and give pastor. You're not saying the Bible. So honor your promise in the Bible. The amount is not in the Bible. That's a personal instruction. However, a general principle is honoring your prophet is a general principle. The more I practice general principles, the more I'm training my ears to hear personal instructions. You get it? Putting my body under and disciplining the flesh, general principle. What could that mean? I could have videos once in a while or every week. It could mean I go into my wardrobe every two months and pick out one or two clothes I really like and give it out, right? I'm learning to go without intentionally. That's a general principle. Beating my body under instead of sleeping by 11 p.m., I push for one hour till 12.30. I read my Bible for 30 minutes, I pray for 30 minutes. When I train myself that way to become easier to pick out personal instruction, the day God says, stand in front of your street and just pray in the Holy Ghost there, it will not be so weird. Because I have a history of training that is helping me get the train in. Number six. Are we in number six? Prayerlessness. The word says in prayerlessness and tied, tied to this. Prayerlessness and praying amiss. Write this down. Your prophecy is powered by prayer. The release of it and the receiving of it and the results of it and the results from it are tied to prayer. There's a connection between the prayer and the prophetic. Let me show you some interesting things. There's a, a realm 
to which you sing in the spirit that you begin to pray. And there's a realm to which you pray in the spirit you begin to sing. You will either sing a new song or an old song. Or you might not even, it might not be a song because it's not complete. It could be a chant or a sound or a melody. They operate in similar planes. That's why people who are deeply given to prayer, their prophetic graces are heightened. Because the reward, one cardinal reward for prayer is sight. Call unto me and I will show you. So at the peak of prayer is vision and revelation. And that revelation helps me to see God more. That's why the more I pray, right, pray the word, the more I believe God. So prayer is not just a function of my faith. My faith is also a function of my prayer. Prayer is part of my faith, but faith is also part of my prayer. You know, the more you talk to somebody, the more you start believing them, including their lies. That silly boy that toasted you that time until you became brown like toast bread. <laughs> want to roast it? They say I want to toast you, but they roasted you. Now you're wondering where you can find coast milk. <laughs> you know what happened? You spent enough time till you could no longer have a guard to filter out what was true and what was not true. You accepted everything to be true. So when you spend time with God, you accept everything it says to be true. Because familiarity reduces offenses. So when I become familiar with God, not in the place of rudeness, but in the place of I know how to do business with God. Right? So if a prayer means, he said... James 4, 2 to 3. James 4, 2 to 3. You lost and do not have. You murder and covet and, con- and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own lust. The final thing I will give you is self-centeredness and selfishness. And that scripture covers it as well. Please, can I teach you a life hack, a spiritual life hack? Whenever you're trusting God for anything, Prayerfully and sincerely and selfishly ask, what is the value and the benefit of my expectation to somebody other than myself? You want a house? How does it benefit somebody other than me? You want international ministry? And sincerely recognize that benefit. Otherwise, you get into content, uh, discontentment and you get into greed. All right? We're almost done. Remains time for those who are standing. That's good. <laughs> but see this now. There's a story about a man, a farmer. He was a farmer and he wanted more. Somebody say more. more. He wanted more. He was really desperate to have more. So whoever was going to grant his desires, this spirit being or something, came and said, all right, you can always have more. But well, here's the agreement. Anything you ask for that I give you, agree that I will give your neighbor, the farmer next door, twice as much. Right? Anything. So the guy said, oh, I want to have a pond, a lake in my farm. Boom, he had a lake and pond. The other one had a, a lake and a waterfall. Said, oh, I want my sheep to grow bigger. His sheep grew, grew bigger. The neighbor, the sheep grew bigger and they became more. So I want more herds of cows. That one had more. So I want my grass to be green and luscious. That one had twice the size. And guess what? 
with the increase that he had, an increase of his neighbor was becoming more envious, more competitive, more anxious. How can he have more than me? So he was wondering, how do I get back to this person? He told the spirit being, remove one of my eyes. Do you see where that's going? So he removed two. Because if he had just one eye gone, that will have two eyes gone. This is a description of the human spirit. You have to divorce yourself from trying to be the one that has the most. Don't let your contentment be filled by what somebody else does not have. So there's a principle I started working with quite a while ago when the Lord began to teach me these things. That I don't want to be the only one who has something I receive from God. If I choose to be the only one, that means I'm not ready to have it. Because God's goodness is not a silo, it's a stream. There's a river whose streams make glad. That means if God gives it to me, I should be able to teach other people or raise other people or help other people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? How do you manifest the prophecy? I'm going to give you a list. I will not teach it. But if you want the teaching for that, I don't know, maybe Wednesday, I'm not sure. No promises. Number one, when God promises, internalize it. You can help me. When God promises, the first thing is internalize it. When the word is coming, let it sink in your heart. Many times to mean listening to it again or watching it again. Number two, memorize it. An angel appeared to the parents of Samson and said, this boy is a mighty boy. No bleach should touch his hair. No alcohol should touch his tongue. Do you know that they didn't have any iPad, but they always remembered? Come on. Can you remember what God spoke to you? If it's a prophecy I gave you or your pastor or Pastor Vicky or somebody your leader gave you, do you have it documented? There is something that might seem weird that some of you people do in prophetic meetings or in Kings. When the preacher is ministering to bring out their recording devices, that could be an indication that you take this word serious enough to doc document so he can refer to it. If God gave us a document called the Bible, who am I not to write down what God is saying to me? There is a place on my, on my notes where is God's words to me, prophetic words. I have timestamps, 2.44 a.m. Walking in the kitchen, the Lord said this to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Memorize it. And when you memorize it, have a written word. Because what God has written is better than what you are writing. So to make sure it's not a figment of your imagination, it's not a fig tree from the Garden of Eden that cannot clothe you for life. Find the words. Are you seeing that? So I found it when I ate them. And they became the gladness and the rejoicing of my soul. Number three, conceptualize it. In other words, make it a concept in your mind and in your spirit. Number seven is selfishness, uh, selfishness and self-centeredness. Thank you, media. Number seven here. Things that stop this. And I'm giving you six other things that can accelerate, uh, accelerate prophecy. Number one is what? That can accelerate? Internalize. Mainline, are you still there? Shout! Internalize! Internalize. Number two is what? 
Memorize it. Memorize scripture. Build a culture of keeping the word. Your word of our hidden Mahada might not sin against you. The Bible says, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Psalm 119 verse 11. Colossians 3 verse 16. Let it dwell richly in you. Psalm 19 verse 6. The, Lord of, the word of the Lord is pure. You can go on and on. Number three is conceptualize it. The first thing is have an image of that you in God. There's an image that I have. That me is called the king razor. It is first of all a label before it becomes a reality. You know, whenever God names you something, you don't look like what he has named you as. That's why it's an act of faith because the only premise to please God is faith. Why does it give you that name of your future so it can begin to live out based on that premise? So when I look at you, I see influencers of nations, generations, systems. I see creative innovators, inventors. I see business builders. I see revivalists, evangelists, prophetic voices and graces. I see careers of nations. I see counselors. It's a concept in my head. Now, a concept is so powerful that it's almost like the real thing. Let me give you an example. You have suicide, suicide bombers, right? You know suicide bombers? Why would somebody strap bombs around himself, enter a plane, and go and die? Because he has been possessed by a concept. Concepts. Concepts are so powerful. Your life is oftentimes a play out of the concepts you've had for about three to five years. So the way to change your reality is to change the concepts of yourself. If you don't see yourself as a consistent person, you will struggle to be consistent. If you don't see yourself as a rich person, you will struggle to attract or retain money. So I have a concept. Now, how do you externalize the concept? Either have a vision board or pictures you look at regularly or go on tour or save money to actually travel and give yourself education. When I stood in front of New York Times three years ago and I said to that building, you're going to publish my books. Or rather, I'm going to be on your bestseller list. It's a concept. I have pictures. I wrote something about that. I wrote something. Some of you who've been following for a while. I wrote and I put it on Instagram. Right? You must write. In fact, there's something. I can't give you guys details of my personal prophetic walk. But there are speeches I am writing about things. Go and write your acceptance speeches. When you win that award, what will you say? Don't let it catch you by surprise. When you stand in front of the UN, what are the three points you want to propose? That's conceptualizing. When God said to them, I'm taking you to a land. He didn't say, I'm taking you to a land. I like the look on David Penn's face. He didn't say, I'm taking you to a land. There's no concept. That land, that is too vague. He said, a land what? That's the concept. What's a concept? You are attaching something you are familiar with, with an experience you have not had. Milk and honey. They had all eaten milk and honey before. He had given them that before. So you use something God has given you before as the amplifying vehicle or vessel to make what he has promised you real to you. We get it? Number four, personalize it. Don't say, mm, people like Rosemont, you know, they're very driven. They are very intelligent. They are very passionate. It does not matter. Listen, there is a prophecy for every personality. Say, me, I'm the quiet type. Don't worry, your prophecy will be loud. Yeah. Woo! 
I said your prophecy will be loud. Number five, verbalize it. Verbalize it. And number six, actualize it. 12.29, I'm done. You're not happy for me. Number six is actualized, and the word is act. Start carrying yourself like it. Let me give you an example of somebody who's living out this, this young woman here, this girl, this woman, Lady Jade. Come. Have you noticed something, those who have who've known Jade for three, four, five years, have you noticed the changes she has made in the last one year? The way she carries herself, the way she dresses, the way she presents herself online, the way she pushes her gifts. Now, those of you who just knew Jade the last two years, you might not appreciate it. Well, if you've been with us from begin five going on six years, you'll be able to see the intentionality. She, she has our information card, branded Lady Jade Global, at the back of it. This is talking high-level intentional stuff. Now, what's going to happen is when she masters this level and this rhythm of gradual growth, she's going to have an exponential spike. We will be like, ah, how did it just happen? It did not just happen. Nobody did but let them show and then they do the when the baby bomb comes out is an indication that somebody was working hard in the secret place. You hear what I'm saying? Celebrate her, celebrate the future. I release grace over this house in the name of Jesus. That not only will you hear this word, but you believe this word. This word percolates your heart, your soul, your mind, your experience in the name of Jesus. I proclaim concerning you wherever there was unbelief wherever there was prayerlessness wherever there was weakness wherever there was envy selfishness jealousy wherever there were limitations disobedience to general principles and personal instructions we weed them out in the name of Jesus write down to Deuteronomy 6 6 to 8 write that down down one of the things you do with your prophecy, you will get the word God has given to you. You meditate, you mutter. If you look at my phone and PLT's phone, many times of the year, there's a scripture on a screensaver. Right? You can put that on your mirror. I'm not talking about the app. I'm talking about the, uh, the screen. Put it on your mirror. Put it on the door. Something you see often. There's a check I've written myself. I look at it almost every day. I've not done that for about a couple of days now. But I look at it almost every day and I prophesy and I speak over it. Have an external representation of God's word for you. I proclaim that your eyes are open. What has been delayed for three years? You will handle it in the next three weeks. In the name of Jesus. I proclaim concerning you. Resources find you attractive. Supply streams come your way. The elements of the earth cooperate with you. They come in alignment with God's agenda for your life. In the name of Jesus. Help us begin to look in your direction. The terms of engagement become favorable. The conditions for your assignment. The conditions required for the effectual deployment of your gifts. And God, God's grace within you. They are released not to you in the name of Jesus you count your blessings so they become uncountable the land yields for increase unto you 
in the name of Jesus. Whatever you struggle to give before will become chicken chain to you. What was your annual income last year? For some of you this year, it will be your 10%. In the name of Jesus, it will be your 10%. You will say, how come this tens of millions showed up in two months, in three months, in four months? Receive it now. In our goal season, from today, every week, you have a significant testimony. I rebuke the devil for your sakes. We rebuke demonic spirits of confusion. Flying spirits that pick out the word. That contaminated intention will destroy, will dismantle their impact and their effect. Whatever masquerades as a bad character trait, laziness, lethargy, self-doubt, incapacitation. I rebuke it concerning your life. You drive hard like Jehu. You run fast like one anointed by God. You spread your wings and you fly. In the name of Jesus, it is well with you. You walk with audacity and authority. You walk in prophecy. In the name of Jesus. Somebody give God praise right now. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.